Hey there. It's 2021. We're still here. And it's time for season three of the podcast. And for season three, it was time. It was time for a zhuzh. And we are going to be talking about that in this episode and a little bit about like WTF is even happening with the election. Cause yes, it's January. We still have election stuff to talk about. This is obviously being recorded before shit goes down, but we will talk about what I expect to see. Who knows <laughs> what will actually happen. And we will catch back up on that later and on the YouTubes where we do the things. So, um, let's hit the updated intro and then get into talking about what the Emily show is anyway. So let's get into it. Hey there. Welcome to the Emily show. I'm your host, Emily D Baker, the badass lawyer. This is where I break down the legal shit behind the news and pop culture stories you want to talk about. I've been a licensed attorney for over 15 years. I'm a former prosecutor and I'm a huge fan of the cursey words. Let's get right into it. Law nerds, Mount up. Yes. Welcome to the Emily show. I know if, if you're my mother listening, you're like, hasn't it always been the Emily show? (laughs) Hi mom. Yes, maybe. But for the purposes of the podcast, a little history might be helpful, especially to those of you that are newer to me, to my content and what I do on the podcast and on the YouTubes and just in life work things. We started here as the Get Legit Law and Shit podcast because the goal was always to help businesses get legit and to talk about law and other shit and sometimes talk shit about law. And that's not going to change the the talking shit stuff. (laughs) But the Get Legit shop which was tied into this is not really the main focus of my business or my content anymore. It has very well evolved from helping online business owners into squarely into the legal and news commentary space. And I have really, truly never been happier doing it. And if 2020 has shown me anything, it's that pursuing things that we are interested in and happy with and making that your work is a blessing, a gift, and worthy of pursuit. That's not to say I don't still have client work and consulting work, but the main focus of my work is legal commentary. And in that space and in the news commentary space where my podcast sits often in like the top 30 and like right at the top of the top 20, which is amazing. The space really lends itself well to the Emily show as the title. In addition to that, I found that YouTube definitely throttles the title (laughs) because it has shit in the title uh, with get legit law and shit. And the podcast always started as a resource. It's still meant to be a resource, but the way that it's a resource has changed from when it was originally conceived and now it is a much broader resource. And I've had um, newspapers quote me on things and not be able to put in the title of the podcast because of the title of the podcast. So I often found myself shortening it to get legit anyway. And that didn't fit anymore 
with the direction of all of my content and my work. And it really just needed to fit with everything that I do and what my business and me (laughs) shifted into is that legal commentary space within both news and pop culture. And from there, it was just a natural fit to shift it to the Emily show. And I have been so nervous about it. I'm excited about it. And I'm nervous about it because I really do love the sassiness of Get Legit Law and shit. But if you came to the podcast going, oh, let's learn how to get legit. It's like, when did we do that? <laughs> Where did we go left into commentary? And really, it it started at the beginning of the podcast with how much happened in 2019 in legal changes and then in 2020 with law and news and pop culture all colliding as they so often do. And breaking that down for you is my absolute pleasure. We have covered so much together on this show, so many different topics, and that's not going to change either. No, you don't have to resubscribe. Everything will just update in your news feed um, and your podcast feed. It's just going to be a bit easier for me to share. It's not going to get throttled if I ever want to promote it in a different way or bring on entrepreneurs that might not fit well with the cursey words to have conversations because we are going to be having conversations here on the podcast and introducing those as we go forward in the beginning here of 2021. All of that helped me make the decision to shift into just being the Emily show. Again, I had lots of mental gymnastics around it because it just feels like sometimes I'm like, wait, but I, it's, it's more than the Emily show. Like this, it, it's the Lawner, it's the Lawnards show. It's the place where the Lawnards want to have the conversations. I just realized that I'm the voice behind the microphone and the camera having those conversations, but the conversations we have on social inform the direction of the content and particularly the members on YouTube who vote a lot on the content and, and help those directions. We are creating this together. But again, it is the voice, the voice behind the mic (laughs) is the Emily. And that means it is the Emily show and I am embracing it. I am not going to feel like a douche about naming my (laughs) podcast after myself. And I'm just going to say, you know what? It's fine. I'm Emily D. Baker, the badass lawyer and host of the Emily show. And, and that's what it is. That's, that's what it is. So all of those things led into the direction to make the change. It's not that I don't love Get Legit Law and shit, because I do. It just didn't quite fit with the direction squarely into commentary, and that's what you can expect here. Interesting conversations when we have on guests and commentary. And yes, I will probably ask our guests what they feel about different things, like the housewives, <laughs> even if they don't know, even if there are other lawyers going, what are you talking about? I don't know about the housewives. I'm like, oh, let's learn law through the world of Bravo celebrities, It's fascinating. And again, most of the pop culture topics are less heavy than the news topics, you know, by design, pop culture is an escape and less heavy than the election that like, I really wanted to be done talking about the election. You know, that politics is not my favorite topic here, but 
when there is big stuff going on and like legal and constitutional stuff, I'm going to touch on it. And when I said this episode was going to be a little bit shorter, I meant it was going to be a little bit shorter. And next week, we will be back into breaking down lawsuits. I have a list of like seven things I want to get to for next week's episode. I'm going to pick one of them and go with it. But this week, it's the beginning of the year. We're easing in. And I really did just want to touch base on why the name change, explain the name change so that you guys knew where I was coming from in that, and then touch base a little on what I expect to see when the Electoral College meets on January 6th, which is, you know, the day that this podcast goes live. (laughs) So what's going to happen between recording this and this podcast going live? Georgia's going to vote. Georgia's going to vote for who's going to control the Senate. That's wild to me that it's down to that last, you know, runoff election to see which party controls the Senate. And that's why there is so much focus on Georgia. Then we had that leaked call from the president. I have not listened to the entire call. I have listened to portions of the call. I have concerns. I have concerns. Like the president and and his campaign are suing Georgia. So are these litigants talking to each other directly on the phone when there's litigation going on? It kind of feels that way, which to me, the whole thing feels strange. I, I can see why Georgia didn't want to have this conversation for a very, very good reason. And I can also understand why they wanted to record it. I I don't even know where to go with this election right now. I, I feel like there is no good that's coming out of this. But I lean very skeptical of government anyway. <laughs> I really do. I lean healthfully skeptical of like big government, big tech, and most things. Yes, I still love my social medias. But look, you guys, I watched one YouTube video um, yesterday, I think it was, about skincare. And I watched a channel that I really love, multi-million subscribers. He breaks down ingredients and skincare routines. I like watching skincare videos. They are soothing. And I needed a break from like tsunami that has washed into lawpocalypse 2020. I needed a break from all of it. And so I was watching skincare videos because they're my happy place. And I go back onto Instagram and there are like four Neutrogena ads on my Instagram. And I'm like, he mentioned Neutrogena twice in that video. And now Instagram is feeding me ads based on a YouTube video that I watched. And it's not so weird to me when this happens, like cross-platform from Facebook to Instagram because they're owned by Facebook. But when it happens, like cross-platform, cross-company, it's always a little stranger to me. It's like, oh, that's right. You know exactly what I just watched on YouTube. And I was looking um, at stuff on Amazon, and then I was reading CNN news stories, and the exact items I was looking for were popping up. And I'm like, of course they were. But sometimes it still freaks me out. I digress. Like, I really digressed. But I have skepticism of large government. And that is what is concerning me about Congress right now. Because at the end of the day, we have the Electoral College meeting on the 6th to certify and count the votes from the Electoral College. And there was an article I found really helpful on CNN that I will link that talked about the fact that this normally takes like 20 to 30 minutes to happen. And they're expecting 
that the sixth is just going to be a shit show. And here's what happens. If a senator and a member of the House object to certifying the votes for a particular state, then there will be up to two hours of debate over certifying the votes for those particular states. This has happened in the past. It does not happen often. It really doesn't happen often. And it's not anticipated to change anything. Will two slates of electors be sent from some states? I don't know yet. It's possible that two slates of electors can be sent from some of the states, meaning, hey, here's a slate of electors for Trump and here's a slate of electors for Biden. But what concerns me is that it's not, it is not the role of Congress to determine the will of the people. And right now the political parties are flipped. So you've got a lot of Republican senators and members of Congress saying, we are not going to vote to certify the votes. We're going to object to the certification of votes from different states that are in contention in their minds. And and that will lead to those two hours of debate. But the Constitution squarely puts the power into the states to run their own elections. So now you have Republicans who are generally the party that leans more towards states' rights and less towards a large federal government leaning on the federal government to override what the states are doing. And then you have the Democrats going, why are we doing all of this anyway? And they are generally the party that is leaning more towards the federal government having more control and the states having less control. So I feel like the perspectives are flipped in this particular issue, which is odd to me, because at the end of the day, the states have the right to implement their own rules and laws. And most of the legal challenges have failed at this point. There are some legal challenges still moving forward. We will see how they come out. I, at this point, do not anticipate seeing the election changed. I do not anticipate Trump remaining the president. Things can happen. I can't even foresee what things they would be at this point. I don't foresee the Supreme Court overruling this election. Should there be an investigation into this election at some point? I think there has to be, if for nothing more than answering the questions of the public, because I think there is a good portion of the public that has quite a lot of questions at this point. And we went through the Russia probe, and I think we can go through looking into, are any of these allegations, and there are multiple people making allegations, are any of these allegations valid? And if they are, what do we do to make sure that voters aren't disenfranchised, that every vote that is legally cast, is counted, and that we don't run into this in four years. And let's not set the precedent that Congress is just going to get into a pissing match every single presidential election cycle, because none of us, none of us want to do that. I never want to live through an election like this again. I'm sure you don't either. It's even for the political junkies at this point, everyone's exhausted. This has been un, completely unprecedented while we are all already going through a pandemic and we really do have so many things on our plate, it's not just this election. It's also issues with COVID and the government rolling out vaccines and businesses still struggling and fraud within the Paycheck Protection Program distributions. And now that's being investigated. Just so many things that a contentious election is just the last thing that any of us want to do again in four years. I don't think at this point there is any path to this election shifting and to 
Trump retaining the White House, which he seems very confident of. But I also understand that running up to this runoff in Georgia, that is definitely within his personality to continue putting forward that he is confident and wanting to empower voters in the state of Georgia to go out and vote. The GOP tends to do well when voters show up in person. I understand that. But I don't know how it will go for these senators and members of the House that choose to object to electors. I don't think their colleagues are going to appreciate it. I don't know how the constituents of their state will feel about it. But at the end of the day, it's not... It's not the job of Congress to try to override what the votes say. And I know that the argument of Congress is, but we don't know what the votes say. Okay, well, then I, I want to see the senators. If the senators from Arizona have questions about the certification in Arizona, then they're the ones who can object. <laughs> can, I, can I have Emily rules? Emily rules. If the senators from that state are concerned... But I understand that that then is like, well, what if other people see the corruption? And this is where we are now. This is where we are with other states, senators saying this state isn't following their own rules right. And that's what kind of chafes your girl when she's like, but it's up for the states to decide. And the states are all saying, no, we good. We did it the way we were supposed to do it. And we are happy with our rules. The pandemic greatly affected all of this because it changed the way a lot of states ran their elections. And that's why there is so much, I think, a good part of why there was so much kerfuffling over the entire thing because of the way mail-in voting went. And will mail-in voting need to be evaluated? Yes, but we're in the middle of a pandemic. So people needed to vote. States chose to do it by mail. That The shit's out of the horse on that one. It's been done. Do I think it's going to get clawed back? No. Do I like that private conversations were recorded and released? No, I don't like that either. Do I like what was in the parts of those conversations between the president and the secretary of state in Georgia? Do I like what I heard on that call? Also, no. I, I And this is where I get into this like cognitive dissonance with the whole thing. It's like, you shouldn't be recording it, but I understand that you don't trust that the president's going to accurately represent what the conversation was. So I understand why people chose to record it, but I still don't agree with that, but I understand it. And so this is where we end up with that distrust in the system. But I think um, the senator from Arkansas, Republican, Tom Cotton, sums up how I'm feeling about it pretty well. And in an article to Politico, what he said was, quote, objecting to certified electoral college votes won't give him a second term. He said that the founders entrusted our elections chiefly to the states, not Congress. They entrusted the election of our president to the people acting through the electoral college, not Congress. And that's, that's really where I'm at with it, too. That is, we're starting to get into the territory of well, but we don't like the result and we don't like the process to challenge the result. So we're just going to try to find whatever way we can to get the result that we want. And that should never happen in a constitutional system. You can't just say, well, I don't like it. So we're going to go around the constitution to do it. No, there's a procedure and the procedure has not worked. 
you tried the procedure, you went through the courts, the court said, nah, boo, that's not happening. Not nah, boo, not like Star Wars, but like, nah, boo, we're not doing this shit. And now, and now this is where we're at. Yes, we can do investigations that might turn up more information, might not, to settle the debate about whether there was massive and wide-scale election fraud or not, but it's not going to overturn the results. And at some point, by January 20th, this is all going to be done. It is going to have to be done. If not, I'm going to have to mom voice Congress and be like, y'all, we're done. We're done. We are done. The Constitution says that this is the day for the changeover. Change it over. Change it over. If you want to do an investigation, do an investigation, but we all need to move forward. We have other things to do. People would like to get back to work now and like not be lining that hallways at hospitals, please. We have, we have shit to do. So can we just get to the shit to do? And in four years, we can try this all again and let's maybe not make it such a fucking disaster. That's where I'm at. I'm, I'm tired of the election. I don't think there's one more, um, lawsuit in ahead of the Supreme court or for the Supreme court to review. I don't think that is going to be fruitful in that. I don't think it's going to overturn the election results. Might we get some more answers? Yes. Do I agree with the way all of these cases have been dispensed of? No. Do I agree with all the rulings in these cases? No, but guess what? Those are the rulings. Some of the rulings that have frustrated me are the rulings that like, Hey, you needed to bring this earlier. It's like, uh, There's not really harm in these cases until the election happens. So you can't really preemptively bring election law cases. And I think some of those decisions and some of those analysis will get looked at. I'm there's other grounds there though. And so on those grounds, it's like, that's, um, that shouldn't be, that part should not be part of the analysis. Other stuff, definitely room for the analysis, which is why if those are the only grounds, I would be more cranky about it and be like, no, no, no. We have to wait until the shit happens to have standing to then sue about it. You can't sue about it before it's happened because, again, until the shit's out of the horse, you can't sue. We're going to just keep using that analogy today because I I just, I'm tired of talking about politics, truthfully. And I really hope that what we see coming on January 6th is people make their record and say, for the record, I object. We can have our debate. This is what we have. And maybe there's evidence that people want to present. I don't think it's going to change things one way or the other, but people will be heard. Look, everything goes better when people get heard. You learn that, especially if you have kids, you learn that with your kids. Most of the time when they're losing their mind about something, they just want to be listened to. I'm trying to take that approach with politics right now. They will have their voices heard. They will make their record. And They will have their two hours of debate, and then the electoral college votes will be certified. And then on the 20th, there will be an inauguration, and then it will be Valentine's Day. And hopefully, we will all be like, oh, look, why is there already Easter candy at Target? Didn't this happen fast? Like, what? It wasn't it just Christmas, and then it'll be March. And we'll be like, oh my God, is it really a year? Has it really been a year since we started these lockdowns? And then we have other things to talk about. And getting businesses back and making sure that that vaccines are are being distributed and things like that. Hopefully, once we get past the 20th, we can all start to move forward. And next week, 
we will be speeding forward here on The Emily Show too, moving forward towards breaking down other lawsuits. There are some very important things coming up in the Girardi case, and there is more going on, you know, in the greater pop culture sphere of law apocalypse 2021. I think that's what we're going with. I think law apocalypse is 2021. I think we're going to have to leave tsunami in 2020 and bring in law apocalypse because it's just, it's going to keep rolling. It just is. <laughs> There's a whole podcast right here about it. Thank you for joining me on this beginning to season three of The Emily Show. Let me know what you think of the name. Tag me on social. Let me know the things. I want to hear what you think about the change. I want to know what you think about the cover art. If you and I are not friends on the Instagrams yet or the Twitters, you can go ahead and at me. Yes, you can at me at the Emily D. Baker. This also pulls all of the socials together because there was social for the Get Legit Lawnship podcast. And now the Emily show can just happily live under the Emily D. Baker handles all over social media. Thank you for being here. Let me know what you think. And I will talk to you soon. Law nerds, I almost forgot our outro. Crap, we're still in a pandemic. Grab a glass, raise it high. (laughs) And so may your Wi-Fi be strong. May your toilet paper be plentiful. May your family be well. And may the odds be ever in your favor. I will see you back here for The Emily Show next week. Bye, friend. <laughs>